Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Spiritual growth doesn't happen automatically. You have to make a decision to get out of the shallow and into the depths of the Christian faith. The question is how? Once you decide to grow deep roots in your faith, how do you go about it? That's the question Ron asks and answers today on Something Good as he continues his teaching series, Colossians, Jesus is Greater Than. Stay with us now, but remember you can always listen to Something Good on your schedule. Our audio is available on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, The Deep Roots of Your Faith. Well, recently my wife Catherine asked me to transplant a few bushes, two to be exact, from the front of the house to the back of the house. Now. Um, for Farmer Jones, that shouldn't be too difficult. And I say Farmer Jones because you may have heard me say on occasion that I'm just one generation removed from the farm. My father grew up on a farm in Iowa. I didn't grow up on a farm, but my, my roots go deep into Midwestern soil. I grew up in the 
great state of Indiana. I'm a Hoosier by birth. And not far from my home um, were some farms and you know, agriculture and all of that. So it should be in the DNA somewhere, but you never know, right? So I, I, I took on the project. I went into my garage. I got my shovel. Yes, I own a shovel. And uh, I know kind of how to use it. The bushes were not very big you know, on the surface. Uh, but I knew enough to where I, you know, I kind of got to get down there and get some of the roots up. And uh, the problem was when I, when I drove that shovel in and, and started, I, I don't think I went deep enough into the root system. And what came up was, well, I got the bush and a, a few of the roots and did my best to plant them in the backyard. But you can imagine what happened two or three days later after a lot of water and a lot of prayer and fasting. Those two bushes shriveled up and they died. So much for Farmer Jones, right? Well, I, I learned a lesson again about the importance of, of deep roots and how even though you might have a little bush that isn't very big above the surface, uh, some, some of these plants and bushes and trees have deep, deep root systems. Well, I'm not here to give you an agricultural lesson this morning. I want to talk to you about the deep roots of your faith I think that's where Paul's going here in Colossians chapter 2 and verses 8 through 15 that I just read. That's our text for this morning. And just as deep roots are important for a bush or for a tree, and there's a lot happening below the surface that we don't see unless we dig down in there, uh, so it is in our faith. The deep roots of our faith are, are very, very important. Let me say it to you this way. Uh, the deep roots of your faith will steady us in trials. It will sustain us during those uh, difficult, stormy times, and deep roots are there to, to nourish our spiritual growth. And um, I want to talk to you about how to uh, develop and grow deep roots in your faith. In the text that I just read, I find three ways to do that that I want to highlight. The first is this. You have to decide you want to go deep. You have to decide to mature in your faith. Actually, I want to go back to verses 6 and 7. We ended there last time, but let's pick it up in verse 6 and 7 again where Paul says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Now, here it is. Rooted. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul uses two analogies here to talk about a maturing faith. One is an agricultural one. He says, rooted. That's the word there. And then uh, the other is a construction one, built up in the faith. What he has in mind here is a faith that is maturing, that is growing deeper. He wants us to grow deep roots into our faith so that uh, as we receive Christ Jesus the Lord, we can so walk in Him. Here's the problem that I see in the church today is that we have a lot of uh, Texas tumbleweeds, all right? These are people who are not very deeply rooted, and, and, and their, their, their faith do not grow deep, deep roots. And every wind of doctrine that comes along, they get blown over here and blown over there. That's the nature of a tumbleweed, isn't it? Don't be a tumbleweed. Grow deep roots, all right? We don't need more tumbleweeds. We need deeper and deeper roots in the faith. To change the analogy a little bit, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, and we were born into the family of God, we arrived as babes in Christ. There we were in our spiritual diapers, sucking on our spiritual pacifiers. 
all right? We didn't arrive mature in Christ with deep roots into the faith. I'm mixing my metaphors, I understand. But, but we were babes in Christ. But at some point, you got to decide. You got to make the decision to go deeper, to grow up in Christ, to lay aside the spiritual diapers, to lay aside the spiritual pacifiers. Because spiritual babes in Christ, they go wah, 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 wah every time the trials come and the storms come. Tumbleweeds just blow from this wind of doctrine to that wind of doctrine. When the storms come, when the trials come, they don't have a root system to steady them and to sustain them. But maturity and growth don't happen automatically. You know, it doesn't happen automatically in that bush in the front yard. You've got to water it. You've got to fertilize it. There's something that, that God even created in terms of the relationship between that bush and the sun and photosynthesis and all that kind of stuff that happens. It doesn't happen automatically. And likewise, your spiritual growth and my spiritual growth doesn't happen automatically. If you want to grow deep roots, you, you got to say, I, I, I'm, today I'm deciding no longer to be a tumbleweed no longer to be a wah-wah baby in Christ, content in my spiritual diapers, content sucking on my spiritual pacifier, I want to go deeper in my faith. Because you know what? The trials are coming, the storms are coming, and you need deep roots to steady you in those trials and to strengthen you and sustain you in those difficult seasons and to overall to nourish, nourish your faith. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 says, let us lay aside the elementary things in Christ and go on to maturity. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Secondly, how do you grow deep roots in your faith? I'm going to state this in the negative. Don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts. Here's what Paul says in uh, verse 8. He goes on to say, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Remember, Paul was writing this letter from prison. It was one of four prison epistles that he wrote, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And he had never met these people in Colossae. He didn't plant this church, but word came to him that certain people in the body of Christ here in Colossae, we're facing some challenges. Some false teachers had crept into the church, and they brought their philosophies and their worldviews. Uh, they brought what Paul called earlier plausible arguments. Remember, a plausible argument is one that sounds reasonable. It sounds like that makes sense, but it's full of deception. And Paul is looking at these people, and he's saying, go deeper in your faith. Get rooted in your faith because the trials are coming and the storms are coming, and you need a root system that will sustain you and steady you and strengthen you. And he says, beware. Beware those people who come in to kidnap your thoughts. Circle the word captive there in verse 8. In the Greek language, it literally pictures the kidnapping of a child. And that's a sober picture. It's a, it's a riveting picture. But I think what Paul's saying is, don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts by philosophy and by uh, empty deceit, by human traditions. He even says, according to the elemental spirits of the world, uh, probably a reference to the occult and to things demonic, 
We could talk about astrology and horoscopes and all these kinds of… He, he says, don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts by things that are not according to Christ. Do you know the difference between things that are according to Christ and things that are not according to Christ? A tumbleweed doesn't. A babe in Christ doesn't. They're easily kidnapped. Their thoughts are easily swayed because they're not deeply rooted in their faith. I would say to students, middle school, to high school, even college students, don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts by worldly philosophies and worldly views. Don't let Dr. Who Daddy at the university kidnap your thoughts by things that are not according to Christ. And if you think just because you're at a Christian university, not all things called Christian are of Christ. You have to be discerning and not let anybody kidnap your thoughts. I wrote down some of the um, modern philosophies and modern worldviews that are doing a pretty good job of kidnapping our thoughts these days, like uh, secular humanism, moral relativism. Uh, that's been out there for a, a decade or more or a generation or more, kidnapping a lot of people's thoughts. How about this thing called Darwinian evolution? You want to talk about something that has kidnapped the thoughts of generations of people about our origins? But Dr. Who Daddy at the university will never tell you that Darwin himself doubted his own theory, but he did. It's presented as fact today, but it's nothing more than a flimsy theory. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org and share your request with us. Our ministry team here will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. And while you're there, visit the Something Good Digital Library. That's where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. If you want your plants to grow, you've got to water them, fertilize them, nurture them. The same is true of your faith. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, the deep roots of your faith. We could talk about the sexual revolution all the way back in the 1960s that uh, was a worldly philosophy of human tradition that cast aside what the Bible says about how we manage our sexuality and uh, where sex is appropriate and where it is not. Now the sexual revolution, which has captured a generation of people, their, their thoughts and kidnapped them, has come of age. Think about it. What started back in the 1960s, a decade later, yielded abortion on demand, and all these years later, now we're confused about our sexual identity. We don't know what a man is. We don't know what a woman is. And if we don't do, we can't say this is a boy and this is a girl anymore. Don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts, Paul says, according to philosophies, empty deceit, human tradition, or the elemental demonic things of this world, and not according to Christ. I could go on to talk about other isms, communism, socialism. I'm not getting political friends. This 
these godless world systems rear their ugly heads in every generation, communism is an atheistic worldview built on the belief that God does not exist, and it leads to totalitarianism. Socialism is the kinder, gentler path to totalitarianism. It just replaces God with government. Don't let anybody kidnap your thoughts, take you captive by philosophies, empty deceit, plausible arguments, human tradition, or anything that is not of Christ but of the devil. We're talking about going deep in our faith, the kind of roots that when the storms come and when the trials of life come, you know what is of Christ and what is not of Christ because your roots go deep. Here's a third way to build deep roots in your faith, and that's to embrace your identity in Christ. Now, this is where Paul spends the balance of his time in verses 9 through 15, is laying out our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. He uses that phrase, in Him or in Christ, over and over and over in these verses, and really throughout uh, most of Paul's writings in the New Testament. Who you are in Christ is vitally important to developing deep roots in your faith, your identity in Christ. And before we get into this, you need to know this, the devil is an identity thief. He doesn't want you to hear this. He doesn't want you to know this. He doesn't want you to live out your identity based on who you are in Christ. Remember, we're talking about things that are of Christ and things that are not of Christ. And there are a lot of people in this world that will tell you you're this or you're that, or there may be things in your past that whisper into your ear that shape your identity a certain way. No, you need to know who you are in Christ and how your relationship with them has fundamentally changed who you are. That's a big subject, but I see Paul identifying five aspects, and there are probably many more throughout the New Testament, but five aspects of our identity in Christ right here in these verses. Are you ready for this? We're developing some deep roots, and here's one way to understand your identity in Christ. You are complete in Christ. Look at it in verse 9 and 10. Paul says, for in him, that is in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you, in case you're wondering, how does this apply to you? You have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Now here Paul is taking a direct shot at the false teachers. Uh, he's using a, a particular Greek word. Uh, the word uh, pleroma, and it was a word that the, the false teachers and the Gnostics loved to use. It's translated fullness, and Paul uses it twice here. For in him the whole fullness or pleroma of deity dwells bodily, and you have been pleromed in him. You've been filled in him. Uh, the false teachers like to say that uh, pleroma was the totality or the completeness of all things. 
but they didn't see the sufficiency of Christ in all things, that all things were complete in Him. They were the Jesus plus something else crowd. They were the, you can, you can have Jesus. They didn't tell them, you know, do away with Jesus. They simply said, no, just add Jesus to our system of thinking, to our way of doing things. Kind of reminds me of people today who say, I, I don't mind your Jesus as long as, uh, you know, you add C Confucius and Buddha and all these other, you know, worldviews and ways to God. You can have Jesus but not the Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The Pleroma, the Pleroma says Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need. It's not Jesus plus something else or plus someone else. It's just Jesus. What they presented was a less than Jesus. What Paul is presenting is a greater than Jesus, greater than the false teachers could ever imagine he is, greater than we could possibly ever imagine that he is, but consistent with the pages of Scripture here. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. You want to know what God looks like in human form? Look to Jesus, and that's all you need. And it dwells in bodily form. Why does Paul say that? He's very precise with this. Because again, Gnosticism, which really reared up in the second century but found its roots in the first century, believed that anything material or physical like the body was evil. And so it led them to teach that Jesus was just a spiritual idea, but he wasn't the incarnate Christ, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. No, Paul, Paul's very precise, and he says, in Christ, the whole pleroma of, of completeness and totality uh, is, is in, in Christ in bodily form. And then he goes on to say, in light of that, you've been filled in him. You're complete in him. You don't need anybody or anything but Jesus. You don't need Jesus plus New Age philosophy. You don't need Jesus plus this. You don't need to dabble in a little Jesus here and dabble in a little of this over here and dabble in a little bit of that. Jesus is all you need. You're complete in him. I got to move on. Secondly, you are sanctified in Christ. Verse 11, he says, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, what's all this talk about circumcision? The false teachers demanded circumcision of Gentile Christians. This brand of false teachers were known as the Judaizers. They were uh, deeply embedded in Judaism, and they said it was Jesus plus Judaism, Jesus plus the keeping of the law, and even demanded the Gentile believers would keep the law, even those who believed in Jesus. And the law, of course, uh, required circumcision. Now, circumcision is that physical cut on the male anatomy that marked someone as part of the covenant community of God. And uh, it also pointed, hopefully, to their inward commitment to Yahweh. Circumcision dates back all the way to the time of Abraham, Genesis chapter 17. The Lord called Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees and said, I want to make a, uh, a nation out of you, and, and that whole story there from Genesis uh, chapter 12. And the rite of circumcision came in Genesis uh, chapter 17. 
because this nation that I will build out of you, Abraham, I'm, I'm going to put a mark in the flesh of the male anatomy that marks this people out as part of the covenant community of God. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, The Deep Roots of Your Faith. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You see, there was a legal requirement that went along with the sin debt, and that legal requirement was death. That was the legal demand of the law. Somebody had to die because the wages of sin is death, Romans says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He did all of this, Paul says, by nailing it to the cross. And so you and I are acquitted in Christ. Isn't that good news? That is good news. And Dr. Ron Jones has more good news coming your way tomorrow in part two of his message, The Deep Roots of Your Faith. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.